There you are. Hey. There, there we go. Hey, how's it awesome. going, buddy? Hey. What's up, man? Welcome, welcome to the show, man. How's everything with you? It's uh, it's going good, man. We, I got all the books cleared out. Everything's rocking and rolling. Awesome! Congratulations on the release, by the way, and the fact that it like it just sold out pretty quickly. Oh, congratulations on that! Thanks, man. Yeah, I guess I should have made a couple more copies, but it's better to get rid of them. But that yeah, I'll throw you on that yeah. one. What's with like the exclusive releases? You know, you really did. You guys study up on supply and demand, and you really just like revved up the interest and excitement. I love it. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> no, I wild. wish. I wish that was the case. I was just at my mom's house trying to steal all her ink and paper before she found out. So I was like, all right, I'll cap it at 20. And uh, that's like one trip to Costco for ink. So oh, yeah. yeah, that's the way to do it. I don't want my mom to ground me. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. That's definitely never a good time. Never a good time ever. <laughs> and you know, right? Yeah. Word. No, so yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm. I'm just don't mind me because I'm still trying to gather my thoughts from earlier and right now. But um, yeah, um, I guess we'll start with this. Um, as far as poetry and stuff like that, um, how did it all start for you? Um, well, the way Bone Machine started, um, I had a mutual. I so I went to Ramapo College. It's like a state school in New Jersey. Uh. I met a dude there who's a skateboarder and they were trying to create like a, like a vice sort of like big brother magazine, um, which they like never really got off the ground. We we're supposed to get grants and stuff like that. It never happened. Um, so they were like, Oh, let me publish your book. And they had a friend of mine in Texas, Tom Young, who was also like a poet. Uh, and he had a mutual friend too. Anyway, so he's a lot older than me, but we met through this group of skateboarders and um, they were doing good for a while. Like they got our books. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, back up, back up, back up. Are you telling me there was a skate poetry culture, subculture that I was not aware of? No. Rewind. No. <laughs> Let's talk no. about that. Yeah. What are you saying here? There was yeah. a poetry skateboard subculture going on you across the country with this? Or what? No, there was no poetry. <laughs> there was no poetry whatsoever. Like, this was before the internet. And, like, at that time, I didn't even know. I was, like, writing poems, but I, I thought I was the only person on earth writing poems. I didn't know anybody else was writing poems. This was like in 2009 or whatever. So I was like, wow, I'm the only living person writing poems. This is going to be sick. And then obviously Instagram came out and I found out every single person on earth was writing poems. But uh, the skateboard thing was just like a bunch of gnarly dudes um, who I was friends with, we were in bands with. And uh, my book, Play the Devil, got put out years ago uh, by another indie press in Lancaster um and he was cool but like they didn't edit the book right and like it was kind of messy so I had him take it out of print right away and then when my friend started this magazine that never even made an issue uh I was like oh I got this book you guys want to put it out and they were like hell yeah we're gonna be like vice man it's gonna be skateboarding it's gonna be you know uh drugs like no nobody did anything really but they did a good job with our books like they got them in a lot of stores and hands and then um like six months ago i realized that nobody was doing anything with bone machine anymore except me and my friend tom in texas so i was like let me take it over uh because like now i have some followers and stuff like that i was like i can probably take this thing like to the next level um so that's why i want to do this chat book thing like a reintroduction of bone machine get everybody excited um, and then we're going to start dropping, like, real full-length books now. But that was a, we're back, get the fucking line, we're here. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. No, and I, everything you said, I actually relate to you in that aspect, because that's what it was with this platform, or my influence also. Um, I've been doing this since, uh, I've been in the community since 2020, I mean, 2018, but the community page thing, that the platform didn't exist till. 2020 um it was under a different name called jam them down which eventually became in sessions live and it was such a struggle as far as like for identity i guess of what i wanted this platform to be and then long story short this year um i ran into a post from angela I'd never met her before i didn't even know i was following her and then here we are doing stuff now <laughs> oh yeah you gotta find the right people i mean like uh 
you always want to start doing stuff with your friends, obviously. And like, I'm a band dude. And like, uh, I wanted to do all this with my boys, man. And like, uh, succeed together. But like, it, it never, everybody's got different ideas. Most people yeah. don't want to actually do anything. So my friend Tom Young and I are still like running this together, but everybody else has kind of like dropped out. So um, now it's cool. damn, it, feels, okay. it feels good now though. It feels, and they're still, we're all still best friends. They just like, they have kids and stuff. It's, you know, they're all sometimes, in like a- Sometimes it's better when it's a smaller group because you can collaborate. This is true. easier, you know, too many cooks, you know, yeah. spoil, you know, with well, too we many will- spices. But it's very interesting. I do find your uh, upbringing very fascinating. What year were you, like, what year was it when you thought nobody else in the world wrote poetry but you? I just got to know what year that was. Um, like 2008 or nine, maybe. I started, like, just, like, because I was away at college, mm-hmm. so I was, like, partying all the time and, like, hanging out. So that's when I started, like, writing poetry. I found Jim Carroll. Somebody introduced me to Jim Carroll, who was, like, a he was still actually alive at that point but um i was just like oh punk rock poet saying the stuff that we said like i'd never i didn't know who bukowski was at that point mm-hmm. like i only knew, i only knew the classics so like when i found jim carroll i was like oh he's like one of us like we, I, you know i can write like this and then thankfully years later i found bukowski after i'd been writing for a long time because so he was never a port, part of my like formative thing and so many poets i see are just like rewriting bukowski it's it's like if you find him at 15 i think it ruins your poetry career because then you're just trying to write like him um mm. you know okay. so, yeah so i found what like a punk dude like us like jim carroll and i was like oh okay cool i can do this so that was like 2008 and then you know six years later i got an instagram and i was like oh man i wasn't dealing with writing poetry every you know every single person all 30 million people on instagram are also writing poems so you you went from like i'm the only person in the world to holy shit i'm with everybody in the world Did that yeah. uh, it seems like you got connected to everybody on instagram but at the same time you're saying you found kind of your niche with you you and tom young doing this whole experience like this upbringing this uprising this bone machine ink together is that what i'm hearing hell yeah we um like uh oh man yeah it, it's like uh i don't know i'm kind of like i i don't want to sound like a jerk but like uh luckily like i had a lot of stuff written already before i got on instagram so then i was able to spend a lot of that time like uh networking and like connecting with other people and like i already had a lot written so like i wasn't like learning to write on instagram like posting like uh oh here's my poem like you know it's not done yet and then i look back because the stuff i had written before that it was so cringy and embarrassing that like if i had put that on instagram it was around forever i would be mortified every single day so i'm lucky i was just like a little bit older than that and I'm thankful for that every day. Wow. Um, I just want to read something from the comments. Um, Robert Kazi says, um, hold on. I agree with what you had to say about Brukowski, which is true. You know, it's funny. You're not the only person that said that. I think um, Arthur Wilhelm actually said the same, something similar to that magnitude about Brukowski. So it's pretty interesting. That I keep hearing that about him, that, you know, like if, if you read him a certain time or something place like like you start to write like him like i've heard multiple people say that why do you think that is i'm just curious in your opinion i I think it's because he's like he figured out how to write about our lives like in such a simple way that if you on the surface you look at it and you're like oh i could do this i I could write this i've had these feelings before um my friend andrew his name he's crap hound he's actually watching right now has he's made a very good point because we were talking about this and he said that like the difference is like when bukowski was a kid and going to school like you had an education in school at that point of poetry of literature so while he might seem like a drunk loser bumbling around he actually had a great foundation and education and we don't have that anymore really so like you read him and you're like oh i could do this and you can emulate it's sort of but without the depth and like uh i I think it's because we don't get the background now um so people are trying to write like that because our lives are still shitty but like you're they're missing out on like a core thing i think here can Um, i i got an opinion i got an opinion andy ask me the question ask me the question i think i got an opinion too 
I like your opinion, but let me see if I have a, a perspective. Do you agree with it too? Or Andy, ask me. Kick it. Ask me the same question. I need the, I need the wind up. Throw me the softball, honey, so I can hit it out. Uh, you know, let me, let me knock it out the park. Come on. Why do you think people feel the same way about Brukowski when it comes to like when you read the his pieces and then feeling like you might end up writing like him? Like, why do you think that's the case in your opinion? Because I've heard this from multiple it, people before. So it's like, okay, oh my. It's because these dudes are finding them, like you said, at 15 years old, right at the pinnacle of that male angst. The angry man, you know, your life is sucky. And he was able to go into that raw, blunt, brash and then also take it to that um out there kind of blunt sexual rage that men also have in between and then also telling the truth of how fucking life sucks sometimes and i think people respond to that and people want to grow from that and then you just start piling on your own shit in that same kind of uh cadence but you're right he did actually have a little foundation you know i'm the great foundation. I'm not, I'm not, a, I like Bukowski, absolutely. But like you said, people either really punch it really hard onto that or not, because yeah. at the end of the day, the guy's so vanistic. Well, can, yeah. can I piggyback on that absolutely. real quick? Like, um, yeah. And uh, like, I, I think he's a great poet. Like uh, a lot of the lines, I'm just like, gee, like he summed up like 30 of my thoughts in like one mm -hmm. amazing line. Um, but also, like, for whatever reason, like, I'm, I'm in the Carpenter Union, right? And, like, a lot of people I'm meeting on the road who are poets are also, like, UAW workers or, like, some kind of, like, manual labor thing. And I don't know why that lends itself to poetry so much. But, like, you, you know, going back to Bukowski, you're, like, the punch clock. That job is hard. That job is hard. And people don't realize how grueling physically those jobs are and how mentally right. taxing they are because they think of just the blue collar. They don't think about really what mm. that person is doing in that job. And I think there's a lot of anger there and that's okay. It's okay to have that because you get to go and do your work and you go home to your family and you make a good living. Some of them absolutely do. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you really are taxing your body a lot more than a lot of other occupations. Yeah, so a lot of people, I think there haven't been many like mainstream, obviously like blue collar, successful mm -hmm. i mean i'm from new jersey so we have bruce springsteen obviously mm. but like you know th there are like so many of them usually it's a nepotism thing or like a rich kid thing so mm. you know i don't know whatever i don't even that make sense <laughs> but I, you know what's funny i'll be honest with you i didn't even know who he was until i entered the poetry community on instagram that's when i first heard of him i've never read any of his pieces so I, I I get what you're saying because you know like I said I keep most people have told me that but I never actually read any of this stuff but I only heard about him because of this community and uh, I'm just gonna read the comments quick. Robert Kazi says I think people naturally try to emulate their heroes and it's trendy to want to be on the fringe which I agree with that and then schizo trash poet says having our cringe work out in the world sometimes shows our development and it also shows. I'm sorry, and it should also burn, laugh my ass off. And then Kiki Poetry says, other writers inspire us if we let them, but our verses stay our own. And uh, uh, Robert Kazi said, yes, I think he's better short story writer. I personally don't care for his poetry. Thank you, Robert. I thought he was the only one that was Kiki Poetry. So I'm just writing, I'm just reading all the comments. And then... Um, um andrew uh crap pound of love says scott's fingers tells the tale and then zeus says zeus underscore sv says i agree with you both there's a couple of poems i like uh factism is a so good okay so i'm just trying to catch up with all the comments or maybe you know yeah, yeah. with the audience and stuff like that yeah. so yeah those are the comments so far yeah i i mean you know when I was like, Green Day was my favorite band. Like the first hundred mm. songs I wrote on the guitar, I was trying to sound exactly like Green Day, you know? Then you you build on that. And then eventually you, you know, so I mean, you obviously have to start trying to write like the people who inspire you. Uh, so it's a good thing. I mean, just you don't want to plagiarize or rewrite what somebody else has written, you know? Take it and then build on it. It's interesting too with the plagiarizing thing. I know, you know, it's interesting. Like, 
I don't know if this happened to, I think it was Ed Sheeran. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was Ed Sheeran. He got sued for, I forgot what song it was. And he wasn't legit trying to emulate nothing, but it sounded very similar to another song that existed. He got sued for it. But I'm just curious, right? Why do you think stuff like that accidentally happens? Um, well, with poetry, I mean, there's only so much. A lot of us are writing about ourselves in our own lives. So it's like, why we all think that we're very different from each other like we're, we're really not and especially at this time i mean mm. it's like you move from facebook to instagram to twitter like you know it's like the the world has gotten very small we're all on our phones all the time we were all reading the same books there's like six movies that get released every year so like uh we're gonna s sort of sound like each other anyway as time goes on more and more um but uh, I don't know. As far as the plagiarism thing, I, I have no idea. I don't. I don't listen to Ed Sheeran, so I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, we got. We have too many people right now, and we always want to have this too. But we have a request to hear one of your pieces from a couple of people in the room. So I think that's the right time to have you go ahead. You got something ready for us? My poems? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, uh, that, they want to hear one of your poems. That's what uh, Kiki underscore poetry uh, would definitely ask for. Uh, okay, hold on. I have all these chat books right here okay actually this is here's a new poem um and it's about like uh like i've toured a bunch of times since january um so this one's kind of about that it's called thus passes the glory of the world i've seen kentucky through this windshield three times since january in winter nathan drives and we're still tired from the night in st louis in spring, I drive, and I remember a story about Whitman heading our way before turning south. In summer, it's Tom's turn, and we stop in Wheeling to see where the stagecoaches ran out of road before the bridge was built, and now it has collapsed. The grass is never blue, but the river's always brown. I haven't read a book written by a stranger in over a year. Every time I get into a car, there's a destination. It's not like walking. I always know where I'm going. On Sunday, we rob a grocery store and get out with three burritos and a six pack. Tom is taking us fast through the Allegheny Tunnel and I use my lighter to open two of the beers. Will we sleep better tonight? Who lives inside these highway trailers? There are red lights appearing before us like deer eyes, wide and lost under a setting sun. I don't say slow down. We can sleep forever rubbed on this asphalt. We could dream in sentences buried beneath it. Wow. Oh my God. That last line though. Oh, cool. Wow. Can you repeat that last line, please? Cause that was, oh shit, man. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah. I don't say slow down. We can sleep forever rubbed on this asphalt and we can dream in sentences buried beneath it. <laughs> oh, that line is fun. Yo, oh my god. Oh, thanks. What? Oh, <laughs> shit, man. Wow. All right, cool. I wish I always got that enthusiasm every time I did anything. Andy, I mean, do you need oh a minute? God. Do you need yes. a minute, Andy? Oh, that line is so... Oh, shit. I've never heard of a sentence like that before. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Cool, thanks. <laughs> Yo. No, and this is authentic. And Angela will tell you, like, uh, oh my I, I god! I it too. I get Did it. you hear what he said? I did, but Andy, I just I can't even say anything because your reaction is too much for me. I enjoy it so much because I agree, Andy. Also, like people in the chat definitely said that the cadence, the way you delivered that piece, really is what brought it. However. Um, recently, I went across kind of country as well, going from Austin. I live in Cleveland, so I went to Austin and back up. So a lot of that I can hear from that experience of those people who are, you know, those road warriors, those road grinders, and the, going past the bridge and then having it be broken and having the river be brown is because, you know, that really comments on how, you know, America's supposed to be beautiful, but we let it crumble right before our very eyes. And I get that. I felt that. And so while Andy's, you know, blowing the fuck up here I, I i'm really taking i'm having an implosion here because i really felt the uh the across the you know the unit continent with that one. <laughs> oh my god yeah and we keep going on tour man in every town we go to it's just like worse than the one before it's it's like horrifying and there's still like 
these beautiful people left behind who are like, you know, all their towns got ravaged by oxies or whatever, and they're clawing together some kind of art scene. Uh, Portsmouth, Ohio is one, you know, like all the Rust Belt cities, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it's like, it's inspiring, I, you know, I don't know. It's like, uh, like you said, it's, we're supposed to be the best country in the world. And it's like, except for New York and California, it's really all collapsing. Oh, my God. You know, it's funny, but little by little, even though, because I'm originally from New York, but I live in Jersey, but, like, it's so crazy how, uh, like, I, I so I, I'm from Brooklyn, so I, uh, in Williamsburg, by the BQE, the Brooklyn Queens Expressway, it's so weird, right? So, you know, even though the area is so gentrified, but lately, the last couple of times I've been to New York, I'm noticing there's tents underneath the BQE now, and cops yeah. are just standing there doing nothing. I'm like, wait a second what is going on here it is it's crazy to me that this is what is becoming and it's like i don't know what to blame it on do i blame it on rent like do i blame it on cost of living like what do you blame that shit on like it's so crazy like yeah i I live in williamsburg man and it's like i was just reading that Mm -hmm. we need five hundred thousand apartments in new york alone five hundred thousand it's like how do you fix a problem like that man you don't charge that's 3, crazy, 000, yeah. You don't charge three thousand dollars a month for a tiny ass apartment. That's not yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember because I, I got married in two thousand eighteen, then I moved to Jersey because I was like, yo, I, I couldn't do New York anymore. I felt like Brooklyn, New York. It just kicked my ass. But I remember um, so many spots too because I, I go, I hang out with my friend Chris every Wednesday, and it's just like when we do go to Williamsburg, I'm just like, yo, this is so different. Like a lot of the spots I used to hang out was not there anymore. And it just got replaced to other shit. I'm just like, oh, what the fuck's going on? But one thing you say, yeah, the rent is crazy. One bedroom, like one bedroom, it's like, yeah, like three, four grand for a fucking bedroom. I'm like, how is that possible? How? Like, like you have to be making at least 32 an hour or something. Yeah. And it's, yo, and it's like, and, and you know, it's funny, I realized too, and it's just, it's only here that is like that, you know, like the tri-state, because if you go to Buffalo or, or, I don't think rent's crazy like that. If it is, it ain't like insane like that, though. But then no. it looks like a lot of the tri-state area, whether New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, whatever, it looks like it's slowly getting like that. Like, it's crazy to me. Every city I go to, they're like, oh, you should have been here five years ago. Five years yeah. ago, it was so affordable. Now it's out of control. Nobody can every city from yeah. Lawrence, Lawrence Kansas. Yeah. You can't afford to live in Lawrence yeah. Kansas anymore. You know, it's like everywhere. when my wife, yeah, back in I'm gonna say 2010, when my wife used to live, when my life, my, my life, my wife moved to Bayonne. She said, yeah, when I first moved here, rent was only six hundred dollars for rent for one one bedroom, and then by the time I moved in with her, rent was like like a, a thousand at that point. But now rents little light little going up and up and i'm just like but you were able to get a decent bedroom for 600 now yeah you go online now one bedroom now is like two grand now yeah in bayonne i'm like oh what the hell and bayonne's not even that kind of a town like it's slowly getting gentrified but it ain't no new york for you to be charging the price like that and the way some of your areas are is not worth that damn money like that is ridiculous i just saw somebody put pandemic in the comments like the um like i know all our landlords got all that money man and then they didn't lower the rent they didn't give us a break during Mm -hmm. the pandemic and then like like broadway for instance man like none of the you know the actors got unemployment or whatever but i think jk rowling got i think jk rowling got 30 million dollars for her play being shut down during kanye west got three million dollars we like we all should have we all should have a production credit on his last record because we all paid for it you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, shit. Revolution, bro. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, a big, I was big at Occupy Wall Street, too, so we could go that route. And I could talk about killing landlords or whatever for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, it's just, please, uh, that's what you want to discuss. Don't add it. <laughs> this is your state. It's just, uh, We're just here to provide you the platform to speak your mind so no i well i mean i don't know I, that's how i lose friends and alienate people so like 
We can talk about chat books or whatever makes everybody happy. Well, no, this is your show. Right. People don't always necessarily share their stuff. They let go of things that they need to let go, whatever they have on their mind, whatever yeah. it is. The conversation happens the way it happens. That's part of the show. But why chat books then? Why chat books? <laughs> like that segue? Yeah. Why um, chat books? Well, okay, I gotta give another shout out to my friend Tom Bacalis or Bacalis. I don't know how you say his last name. He has Between Shadows Press. He he did this for like two years. Um, and it kind of like unified all these people across the country. And then he and I went to Gonzo Fest, the uh final Hunter S. Thompson send-off festival in uh like June, I guess it was in Louisville. And um I was just like, oh, like if he's not gonna do the chat books anymore, like I'll do them on Bone Machine. And he taught me how to do it, like uh, showed me like the, you know how to indent everything on the covers or whatever. And uh, so shout out to Tom, he's not here, but if he ever sees this, thank you. Um, and <laughs> Tom, Tom, you're on Tom. Here, but we love you, Tom. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> we we yeah. do. I, I'm a huge fan of Tom. I do follow Tom. I think he's awesome. I think Between the Shadows Press has been great. Yeah. Uh, so absolutely. But he just yeah, won't do an interview. He, well, that's funny. <laughs> I've um, asked a couple of times. He just, but he does the, he does the polite thing by not answering. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he I introduced like the poem. I like that. I, thank you, Tom. Actually, I appreciate that. because The rejection would just be too hard. That's, just don't answer my question. He knows how to do it. Right, yeah. Um, it's a class act. That's right. Right. Nobody's going to cancel Tom with an attitude like that. That's Absolutely. good. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate him so much. Um, so uh, people are begging for another piece from you. I know you want to talk about some of the poets that you have um, and that you just had for the 9-11 release, but let's have one more from you if that's possible. And then we can talk about some of the people you want to highlight and then maybe what's next for Bone Machine because like that's incredible sold out pretty much within 24 hours like 24 hours or one week with all of them you know what i mean that's pretty yeah it was huge well i had no people collect these like they do like some people collect seven inches and stuff like that you know like um most of the people bought the whole collection it, like there was wow. very few yeah there were very few like that's i cool. want that one or i want those two it was the like whole selection. the whole thing yeah mm. yeah um, remind everybody in the audience, although I'm sure everybody knows, how many did you actually release in that collection that came out on 9-11? Yeah, I did 30. Oh, so there's eight books. Uh, I made 30. I was only going to make 15, but then other things happened. So there, there's 30, and that's it. There's only 30 of every one of them. Um, and that's all there will ever be. I'm going to do – I want to do three releases a year for 10 years. So okay. there's gonna, Yeah, there's going to be another one around Christmas time. I already have the people for the most part. Uh, I have their manuscripts for that one. Um, and I might do an open submission in the summer, like in June, mm -hmm. but I'll let everybody know. But, but yeah, it's called Bone Machine, and um, I really like all these people. I try to do an even mix of, like, people who are known, maybe people who have been forgotten a little, um, mm -hmm. people that I do readings with in Brooklyn who – because, like, the young kids have no interest in getting published at all. Like, publication credits – what university published you means nothing to them. They don't care at all. Uh, they're just like online junkies. So like a lot, some like the better, some of the better ones of those I've tried to like, I'm, I want to put one of theirs in each collection because they're, some of them are very good and it's, uh, they're not putting anything out themselves. They're just like reading live seven nights a week. Mm -hmm. So I try to do a mix, you know, Girls, guys, old, young, whatever. Instead of just like the same circle jerk that I exist in. It wasn't usually. A Charles. It wasn't a Charles Bukowski's. That's what we heard right now, right, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> now you got voices from all, which kind of made it hard because I would have liked to have done like a bone machine party or release or whatever. But yeah, everybody lives all over the country. It's not like there's like eight guys from Jersey. It's like men and women from all over the country, Hollywood, Kansas. So. Um, Did you meet those people when you were out on the road, or those are just people you met like through the uh, the artistry? No, I was like, I'm gonna read one from my friend Sarah Etheridge. Uh, her collection was probably my favorite. Um, and when I lived in LA, I worked the overnight shift with her at the Standard downtown, and like uh, it was usually just she and I. It was dangerous as hell. Weird people and stuff were coming through, and then like eventually, she told me she wrote poems never submitted them never had any of them published and i read them and i was like these are amazing you have to let me put some of these out so 
I'm really excited you did because she's really good. And what year was that when you met her and read the poems? That was probably 2016. I, oh, it was right before 2016 because I moved back because when Trump got elected, I thought, like, I, I mean, we honestly thought that the world was going to end. So I was like, I yeah, should be oh, close to my family. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I was yeah, like, I should be close we to my family. We all did. Yeah. I still um, think it is. It'll yeah, so, well, now we're, just, now we're just in this, like, purgatory or, like, Yeah, whatever. I think it already yeah. happened and we just yeah. don't even want to believe it. <laughs> we're just barely holding on, Andy. We're barely holding on. <laughs> I'm holding on by a thread. I'm like, eh, I'm trying. Yeah. Well, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm like slipping. I have to switch fingers. Yeah. I can't use my whole hand, bro. It's time to give up, man. Don't give up, everybody. Because this is why no. we're doing this tonight. It doesn't get better. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, it does get better because we're having this conversation tonight. And we're acknowledging that sometimes it doesn't get better. And that's okay if it's shitty for a while. It's okay. Yeah. But math, True. I mean, a lot of the album statistically, okay. mathematically, how many bad days in a row can you actually have? What are we I know you would have I don't I don't it's a rhetorical question. Let's move on. I'm just saying <laughs> that's my thought process. The actor is math. I know I feel it's fine. If it's mutually exclusive, you know, it doesn't matter right? how many times you roll the dice and got one. You could roll the dice and get a six one time <laughs> when it comes to good days. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Anyways, back to Sarah. You said Sarah had poetry that was really amazing that you guys learned about in Los Angeles? Yeah. So, uh, co-worker, uh, she's still in Hollywood. I moved home. This is her book. It's sold out. But keep an eye out for her name. Uh, I, I think she'll be pretty big. This one's called, I just opened this up randomly, Defensive Pot, Black Kettle. There are people who stay, who do not turn away from uncomfortable, who practice curiosity, who know how to take their armor off, full of grace, who give time and space to allow others to do the same. Mirror to the grave, I want to believe there are people who stay. Nice and short. Wow. Yeah, she's good. I love that. I love that a lot. Well, you know what? Let me read one more from her. 9 p.m. in the Garden of Hollywood. The slow glow of a dead-end street. New blue light breaking through. The ficus tree shading my window. Holding the night stars. Holding me. White of the floodlight. Gray concrete. The sandstone wall separating us. For motions of highway, Sundays are quiet. The ficus stands still. A well-deserved respite from filtering, a week's worth of dust and voices. A brown bird is building her nest in tonight's lulled branches. I'll hear her in the morning, awaiting the hungry hatchlings, joining her in anticipation. I welcome a bit of birth at the end. Wow. She's pretty good, yeah. Wow. She's great. Yeah, she's great. She's not pretty good. She's really good. Yeah, that, that like, oh, last line, Andy, is... Did yeah, yeah, that last line yeah. And the other poem did to you. That was an amazing last line. Yeah. Also, like yeah. the style, and maybe it's also just the way you're presenting us to, uh, tonight. But it just has this kind of like static beat, you know, to it. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting to hear it. It definitely gives you that. It's not choppy in a bad way. It's choppy in a like, oh, I want to figure out where this all kind of pieces together, and at the end, you hopefully have that picture all put together for you. That's how I yeah. felt. She's really incredible with that. Wow. Yeah, she is definitely. Hey, yeah. You know, we should try to get her on. Just saying. Yeah, get her on. She'll do it. I mean, I don't I don't know why I'm saying that. I have no idea if she'll do it. But well, <laughs> well, well if she won't do it, please don't say no. Just don't answer the question. And that'll be fine with me. It's no problem. I'm not afraid of that. Oh, oh man wow wow what a what a night i'm on cloud nine like it's it's crazy from because okay because i had a pre-recorded episode recorded earlier with another guy named david gutton and that episode was like oh shit and then i come here and it's like oh shit oh shit oh shit like oh my god like it's so insane like i love it i uh wow man no again yeah thank you for being here man it's um Every time I do these lives with Angela, like it's like I'm always learning something new, and I love that. That's the way it should be in these interviews. So thank you. 
Hell yeah. Well, I've, I've got plenty of poetry here, man. I'm surrounded by these. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> give, give, give us, some, give us, some more. More. Give us yeah. another one. Give us another one from another one of the, of the eight. Okay. All right. Here's a, uh, this is Tom Young. In this city, you can solve problems. If you get a flat tire, you can change it. Or call the guy down at Larry's Auto, and he'll send a truck out to get you in 20 minutes or less. But there's nothing I can do about her. She can't be fixed. Maybe it's the pills, but I think she's satisfied letting me think she's satisfied when she isn't. Wow. wow. So his, his book is full of like a lot of short ones like that. Um, but they got a lot of punch in that. Like that yeah. punch. That's like What's, a steak. Wow. Like, like right to the gut. Yeah. And you can tell he don't just bring in anybody, just anybody. Like this is like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. And this is the guy. I mean, he's kind of taking his seat like back from the Instagram or whatever. But during the Insta Poet era, this guy amassed like sixty thousand followers overnight, fighting with Ruby Carr and like all the other people. He was on there. He made up fake names and wrote stupid fake poems. Uh, like there were like one line and. He was pissing off everybody, but also selling a ton of books. Like the New York Times wrote about him. They called him like the, uh, I don't know, like a, the fascist of the instant poetry world. Like all kinds of stuff. Like a big, they were calling him a bigot and everything. Um, because he was like, these poems that you guys are writing are horrible. And so I could do, I could do it better. And uh, wow. like people from the, the people from the Jersey Shore show started sharing his poems like unironically having no idea that he was wow. making fun of yeah it was crazy tom young this is nicole this is tom young Ta wow yeah oh my god <laughs> so i do okay so i have a question myself so uh bone machine right like how did you come up with the name that's a very interesting name uh, it's a tom wayne song ah okay yeah Wow. One of the one of the lesser known ones, but like uh you know, a great song nonetheless. Yeah. And obviously we're all huge Tom Tom Wade fans, so Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I know. What you got, yeah. Angela? <laughs> I see people keep asking in the comments, is it Tom uh Tom Waits or the Pixies? So who's Tom Waits? <laughs> okay, I'm just trying to see check out the comments quick. Um Angela, um Yeah. You guys got any questions? Yeah. Um. So you talked about kind of like this earlier, like this network of poetry. Like you've been across the country with, uh, traveling before and you're in Jersey now. Um, what do you think of like the possibility or like, you know, that, I don't know. Andy, help me out. I don't know what my question is. I've, I'm trying to think about, you know how Jersey poets get a bad rap? Have you heard of that joke? Andy? Do we? No, I, I've never heard that. Oh, okay. I've never, I, that's new to me, but okay, that's good to know. The I Jersey thing. In, I thought there was like kind of some infighting in between some of the shows. And well, I know, no, I mean, from my understanding, I think what it is, there's not a lot of art in Jersey like that, in opposed to like New York, let's say. Mm. It's like very, it's very well known in New York. I'm not saying there's no art everywhere, but it's not as big and as popular as it is in new york city i don't know if that's what you're trying to get at well i've been to listen i've been to nashville and i've been to places like around the kind of where jersey is but not actually in jersey and people are saying that there is some sort of sticking point where people are not able to fully make the bridge like Andy and how we were talking about because we're trying to build the bridge too we're trying to have a live one in jersey as well like we're trying to do open mic and we want as many people as possible yeah to join 20, us. So by the way guys yeah um oh thank you for reminding me because i this weekend i'm going to have i'm going to I mean, I've announced it before, but what I'm saying is like this week, I'm, I'm going to have all the details. I'm going to post the announcement and everything. I'll have all the details, how to sign up and all that other stuff. So just keep it a lookout if you want to know. Um, I guess you guys could send me a DM and I'll tag you or I'll send a DM of the post as well. Um, but yeah, events free. If you guys want to participate in the open mic, the details will be there this weekend. So just keep it a lookout for that. So I was right. I apologize. 
Because in Nashville, there was like people that were together that was in a group and then they separated and there was no reason for it. So people stopped going to each other's shows down there. And I thought the same thing was happening up there, but maybe I was wrong. I've never, I, if there is, I don't know anything about it. I mean, it, my whole thing is I don't really get caught up in that and whatever. You know, I'm more like, okay, like, I'm going to go to. Poets have beef. Like, we, we're like top. Wow. Let's say music. If was the Tupac and Biggie, like, big, come yeah. on, man. This is not what it was. Trying to get that like up there, like so we can get some like interest in what we're doing because you're saying real <laughs> things, right, Scott? Andrew, Andrew said it's oh, all oh. Robert Pinsky's fault. That dog fucker, <laughs> New Jersey would never get respect. <laughs> um, well, real quick, there, there, uh, there is like a huge poetry thing happening. Um, like it's sort of it's based out of Central Jersey. Like my friend Damian Rucci, uh, has like seven shows a week. They're all packed, and through him, like, a schizo trash poet is in here. That's Florence. She hosts a show in Allentown, which is huge. We go out and read her show all the time. Yeah, she has, like, a coffee shop and, like, a Barnes Noble out there. Um, And then there's, like, yeah, and it's, like, tons of people. I mean, it's a lot, like, so there's, like, the Jersey thing, and it's kind of spreading, and it's completely – separated because i live in williamsburg i go read there all the time and it's like a different crowd it's like a different sort of thing and like uh it really hasn't connected too much i'm the only person i know who bounces back and forth and like exactly so that's what i'm saying because there's comedians and bands that travel what's happening why can't we get it together why don't we do that why aren't there more traveling poetry groups well we could be the first you know (laughs) well, I it is travel. Ha- I travel for for poetry. I don't do it in my hometown. Uh uh-uh. uh I don't. I don't. I don't read it. You know, sorry, I met. I met Angela twice already. By the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I would say that it, it is like if you take New York City out of the equation. Like, I was up in New Troy, York New York. This week. Well, I sorry. I did a reading in Troy this weekend uh, at the Herman Melville House. Right. Oh. So it was oh, yes, like I wanted to ask about that. Thank you. That was sorry, awesome. I would love to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so there's a guy I read with James Duncan, right? He runs the Hobo Camp Review, which is, like, kind of a big deal up in the Hudson Valley and has published, like, a whole bunch of stuff, um, people that you would know. And uh, so I read with him. Now, he's having a bunch of us from Jersey come up and read at a theater in Albany. And, okay. uh, like I said, like, Florence is out in, uh, you know, Allentown. And then so we have, like, this Jersey. Almost there, thing. Cleveland. Let's get to Cleveland now. And well, so we go to Columbus. We go read in Columbus constantly. And there's like a whole group of people in Toledo. And okay, then we stop. I'm going to Columbus. I'm going to Columbus. Yeah. So we, we do the I 74. It's uh, happening. You'll feel uh, shit. Yeah. All right. It's let happening. me know what you guys are in Columbus. I'll work on my craft. Hell yeah. We're going to be in Columbus next month. You have to come and hang out. Oh, God damn it. One, because I'm fully booked. I'm going to the, I'm going, to, God damn it, October. I would love to because October 14th, I'm going to be going to the um, JC Poetry Club. They're having their first ever open, uh, Mike, and um, they're going to be in Queens. And then less than a week after, that's when Andy and I are having ours in Bayonne, New Jersey at Shorty's Bar and Grill. No, just bar, right? I don't know yeah, why it's Shorty's Bar. It's because I'm in, yeah. in Ohio, so we always have a bar and grill. There's never just really dive bars around here. But um, it's really cool. The, the owners are super dope. They're super cool. One guy's like a professional roadie. The other one's like an art teacher slash artist. They're fucking incredible. Um, so so excited for that. But so when is October? When's your October date? I mean, if you haven't announced, you can. No, that's okay. It, it actually might be like right at the beginning of November. I we're booking, Fine. so we're doing a tour. That's perfect. All right, perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. I'll be there. We'll, we'll be there. I go listen. I I travel in Columbus. That's like only that's like a that's like a that's a no drive. Two and a half hours again. That's nothing for me. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be driving. I'm going to Alkaline Tree tomorrow, so I'm actually going to Pennsylvania tomorrow. I would have gone tonight, but I had the show, so I'm driving five five hours tomorrow. Damn, five hours back. Damn, that's like from here to Richmond, Virginia. That's crazy, or like DC or something. Yeah, dude, (laughs) she yeah, she'll drive like yeah. We do. 
Well, last time she was here, we she we she drove to, from there to my house to my area, and then we went to, to New York to meet up with another poet, Liberati, and that was another that was another my freaking girl Queen Liberati. I love her. Crazy. She's crazy. Like, so I was like, oh my god. We are, like we are just separated at birth. I but you know what it is. I pray for her. You don't understand. Is, my God. But you know what's crazy? What it all comes down to, in my opinion, I just feel like. Yeah, we all be each other virtually, but why can't we meet each other? Because since I've been here, I know yeah, a lot of folks I've interacted with, they're not that far from where I'm at. You guys are not that far from me. And I'm always in New York, and, and again, I'm always, obviously, I live in Jersey, so I'm, I'm obviously always in Jersey. Like, even Robert Cotty, he lives, I think, what, 20 minutes from where I'm at? So it's like, why can't we meet each other? Like, well, this is crazy. I love this. But, okay, back to... Cause I feel like we're drifting off topics now, Angela. I'm sorry. No, I don't think so. I got my whole month of October now. November's plan. I got like this year's be rolling and going. So what else? I mean, you said you have another release planned for Christmas, Christmas time, winter time, yeah. and you already have those people already set. Do you, how many? Liz Foshiz, Liz Foshiz just joined. She's gonna have a book out with us uh, right nice. around Christmas time. Hell Andy, yeah. this is an exclusive. That's an yeah, exclusive, but... Andy. <laughs> We get the exclusive yes. one, so I don't know if you know that or not. So that's awesome. So how, uh, Liz of uh, Liz Foshiz and who like I not you don't announce everybody, but approximately how many other uh, poets or writers can we expect? Um, I'm gonna have an artist in this one too, who's gonna like send me signed um prints that'll go along with his chapbook that I'm putting out. Uh, but there'll be eight. I I think eight's a good number. I did eight this time. It worked. It's perfectly. good. Eight's good. Yeah. So it's great. Oh, I'm gonna have one Hanukkah release. Yeah, exactly. All my New Yorkers will love that for sure. Traveling is crazy to me. Laugh my ass off. I white knuckled every drive to Jersey and cry the whole time. Laugh my ass off. That's my shit. Uh, schizo trash poet. <laughs> yeah, that's Florence. She's the one who runs the show in Allentown. Uh, wow, yo, yeah, we gotta take that out one of these days. Yeah, so yeah, let's read uh, another piece for us. All right, this is from my book, uh, Bone House. This is like an oldie. This is actually the first book that Bone Machine ever put out. This is before I had anything to do with the production. Uh, it's called The Woolly Mammoth. Remember back when you were young? You thought you'd get a diploma the old fashioned way. The first voice of a new generation screaming, Get me out of here, or I just want to go home. I heard it down hallways before we rolled dice on the bathroom floor. I heard it like a slave hears new religion raining from the trees. From homeroom to the principal's office, they tried to take it out, arrest your rage, but it stunk up every vein in your body like a clogged sewer, and you were never afraid to lose it. In the womb, you told me once, I was unhappy even then. And then there were the streets, the bus station in Newark, and the park two blocks down where the runaways raid the pigeon coops and they find dead bums and cigarette butts dragged out. It was like a vacation home right on a river, under buildings like dead peaks so the sun never shined into your eyes. It was so you, every move planned for the great story. Those were the days you were always looking forward to, the envy of every fool. You wrote your own legend and it kept me amused. I used to think that was pretty cool, but I'm invisible now. I'll fade away like the woolly mammoth, but you, you'll live on forever as some kind of Cinderella or the pinup girl. Wow. Bone house. <laughs> wow. Hey, Tom Young's in the Tom Young's in the house. That's T Y Poet is the uh, the other guy I do bone machine with. Nice. What's up, Tom? Wow. What? Yeah. Bro, yeah. You gotta talk to me about that piece, bro. Like, break that down for me, man. That is, that is, wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just about like a girl I met at a a show at the Boot and Elk Lodge. It was actually the first newfound glory show in New Jersey. Oh, if you know that. Wow. Yeah, I do. I know. I know newfound glory. Yeah, my friends over you. Yeah. <laughs> I only go to um, shows and I only travel for poetry. That's like the only two things I do in my life. That's about it. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, so I met her there. She was like a runaway and like the first, I don't know. I was 
from I'm from like a like a good home. Like my parents are still married and everything. And she was the first person I met who like we kind of like had a little thing. And uh, I was kind of really attracted to her like uh, like living on the edge and being kind of a runaway and having like edge. cut marks on her arms. Uh, I was 14 at the time, so this was very very attractive to me. Yeah, she um, had some sort of edge. Yeah. That you yeah. didn't have because you were living in a mayonnaise world. Exactly. And she didn't give a fuck. And I, I was like really dug that. And like, like, I always wanted. Connection felt like you were healing some of that too, right? Well, it pro yeah. And, but also like selfishly, I think like I think I've always wanted to be able to like let go and like not care. And uh, I was just never able to like just n let myself like go like ah, that and uh okay, I, get and that, I get you i get you now. yeah and that she had i was like i found it really i don't know like i wanted to be more like that and uh i couldn't but anyway free. then she like uh, free yeah free to and be who you really were instead of who you were supposed to be because your parents raised you right and so you don't want to disappoint them exactly and like you know i didn't like she smoked cigarettes like mm -hmm. i thought that was cool as hell but i didn't want to like smell like cigarettes because i knew i would get granted didn't want to get in trouble or disappoint the old parents yeah that's not good that's not good in, in our suburb but now like back it's interesting though the whole cigarette thing too because um i had friends you know i used to smoke cigarettes with my friends and my friend had a, a washing machine so i said hey can you wash my shirt quick so I don't smell like cigarettes when I go to my parents' house because, you know, they find out I don't smoke it. It was crazy. We used to always hang out at this one friend's house, but we would go and I'm like, oh, I smell like weed or I smell like whatever. Yo, dude, just, just wash this for me quick. <laughs> and then it's funny because sometimes my mom would be like, why do you smell like downy? I'm like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. That's my cologne, mom. That's my cologne. Yeah, <laughs> no, like you, 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 you're, you're crazy. You, you just watched this yesterday. Like, I kind of had to bullshit her. Like, <laughs> That's how Tony's oh, like, Soprano. Uh, That's how Tony Soprano got caught cheating every time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. Scotch writing is always a laminate for what was lost literal literal nostalgia pain of thinking of an abandoned home that was by crack hound of love that's andrew and um schizo trash poet says scott i still have that book by my bedside and want to make you a donald duck necklace that's a that's from a different book but thank you florence that's cool as hell oh i bet you think yeah, it's just not the one you just read from, yeah. but you know the one. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> you know the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I moved to Newark um, in like 2011, maybe. I lived in like a, a top floor of a like a warehouse that, I don't know who owned it. We all paid $400 to a lady that showed up every month. There was like 30 people living on the top floor. It was cool as hell. It was like london or something in the 60s and there was like a couple of rich girls that lived there who fed everybody gave everybody cocaine constantly and uh wow really nice hostess. yeah they were great shout out yeah. yeah feed them and the drugs for everybody that's nice yes. Thank here, you, here here's some drugs guys <laughs> sharon if you did you have to bring them for the whole class now no she did sharon was the best <laughs> um <laughs> but uh there was always i don't know what was going on survivor yeah that woman would have run survivor <laughs> or no big brother big brother one other um, sorry go ahead no it's and it, the cocaine. Go ahead. yeah just there was like runaways always popping up in that there's like a military park across the street from the greyhound station um or the path train station so i kind of used that imagery in this poem because i like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i was, was like it was you would walk past him and you'd be like, oh, those those are like 12-year-old kids, like, just living in this park. And because it was Newark, like, Christie had just cut the police force in half. And, like, it, Newark was just a no-man's Like You could just literally do whatever you want. But nobody was going to show up and help you if it went wrong. So, And that's uh, how it is in a lot of places, absolutely. That's how it is still. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, that was, like, the – yeah, that was kind of, like, the inspiration for the end of that poem. Yeah. It's very felt it feels like that it feels like that kind of crushing wave andy what do you do you think so yeah no i definitely agree with you on that for sure um 
Yeah, you got a way. I just gotta say, you have a, such a way with words, mm -hmm. man. It's uh, mm -hmm. wow. It Wait, Ray Trainer is not here, right? So I could say uh, this. Uh, yeah, I won't tell Andy. I promise. I promise. <laughs> Don't tell Raina, but yeah, I think I'm gonna retire from poetry after this. No. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, if you are oh just us, you have to watch the replay because I've never seen anybody react to a poem as much as Andy did after the first poem. Yo, like, I mean, I'm serious, man. I was uncomfortable with how incredible Andy took it because I was imploding, but Andy was exploding all over this place over your oh words, over God. your words. So I, we are almost towards the end of our hour, which I can't believe that happened so quickly. Um, really? So like, yeah. what are some other um, last kind of, and you always have like the great last question. Or oh, okay. So I always ask everybody here, you know, years later down the line, you know, we're not here anymore, whatever the case is, what kind of an impact do you hope to make? Like, what do you want people to remember you by when you're not here anymore? Like when they hear Scott, from bone machine, what do you want them to remember? Um, so I was like a journalism major in college. Like what I wanted to do was be a journalist and like that never panned out. But like, I really try to cover like, not just, I don't really write about love or anything like that anymore. I do sometimes when it's necessary, but like the wars, the poverty, the oxys, the the broken families, the, the parents staying together who hate each other, yeah. but because it's just like what you do in the suburbs, the loss of religion. Like, I really want to leave a time capsule of this time behind. Um, and so I think some of the people, some of my contemporaries, I think get fan bases faster because they like, they hone in on one thing mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I don't know if I've spread myself too thin or whatever, but uh, I really want I you to be. Agree. Oh well, thanks. But <laughs> I would, I, if the aliens landed and picked up one of my books, I'd like them to be like, "Oh, this is what happened across the world in in this time period." I would say That's you haven't because you've already lifted eight writers with their words and their message that are akin to kind of what you are trying to do as well, and you're going to be continuing to do that as along with doing your own writing and your own words. Because what I've heard from you is your your POV, your point of view is you really want to be that flashlight into all of the nooks and cracks inside the foundation of what's gonna let us crumble. So you're kind of taking a hard, fast look at it so we can hopefully recognize it. And that's kind of what I'm hearing from you. So it's okay, I don't think you, you, you spread yourself thin because you're also lifting other people as well. Cool. All right. Well, that's amazing. Thank you for saying that. That was a way better way of saying what I was trying to say. And in that vein, I just, Dalton also throws the shows with Florence in Allentown, and I didn't give him a shout out. I just gave Florence a shout out. So Florence and Dalton have done a great job. Uh, Thanks, Dalton. So thank you, Dalton. Sorry I left you out before. Just wanted to throw that thank in. Thank God, because I did not want to have to do like a, another correction segment that we forgot. We didn't want yeah. to forget Dalton. <laughs> Right, Andy? Totally. Dalton Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> Dalton will say no. Dalton won't just ignore me. Dalton will say no. Yeah. <laughs> when I ask for the interview, right, Andy? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, my God. But, Scott, um, I just want to say thank you so much for just inspiring us and just having a great conversation with us. Um, I, I'm on cloud nine, so I'm just like, oh my God. Like to me, this is this is like my high here, just coming here, doing this, using this platform. And to expand beyond what we're doing on top of that, like uh, it's people like yourself that makes me keep wanting to do more of this. So thank you for that. Thank you for your realness and thank you for your honesty, man. Um, like I said, rock on, bro. And um, they, thank you. Thank you for saying yes to us. And again, um, thank you for just, you know, just having this conversation with us, man. We definitely got to do this again soon. Uh, congratulations on the book once again. Um, yeah. So, Angela. Sold out. You can't get them, so don't even try. Not even <laughs> us. Andy and a Angela can't even get a copy because we were so, we get, I waited one day to, to get my, you know, my books and it was too late, but I'll be ready for the winter release this time. Um, I just also want to say thank you so much because again, 
I think we're providing an opportunity to hear voices that, you know, we don't always necessarily get to hear because, you know, Andy and I, we talk to all different types of poets and writers and creators and comedians and whatever, artists, musicians. And this is important that all of us get an opportunity to share those voices. And, and it sounds like you're trying to highlight a lot of voices that don't necessarily get heard. Yeah, absolutely. And um, thank you guys so much for having me. This has been awesome. Uh, I would love to hang out with you, read with you, like whatever. Hey. So, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. if you, anyways, um, we actually have an after party that we head over with Origin Thought with our friend Rainer 700, um, who is running that um, Friday Night Vibes, and it gets to be the co-host. So, if you guys want to pop over, I'm heading over there too. I get to take the night shift, so I get an hour break, and I'll be back on for that. But we would love to have you right. jump on and have another read if you can, if you're available. But everybody else, if you're able to go, we'd love to get you on that open mic because that's what it's all about: getting a chance to share your words. Yes. Although I prefer, thank you. It's hard yeah. to do the open mic online. I gotta be honest. I think it's better in person. That's just my uh, personality. I, well, we'll see, right? Um, we'll see. I just we'll want to read, on read this one last comment. It says, Andy had a poetry gasm for sure. Oh my God. You know, I'm gonna, that's gonna be a sure. <laughs> Poetry gasm. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That, that's a little I, 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 I look forward to seeing a day somebody has another reaction that could top that, Andy, but I don't think I can. But I look forward to the person. Or, is that going to be a meme now? Is that going to be a meme? That's what's going to happen. Someone's going to make a know. meme out of this. Great. This is what poetry gasm looks like. And then it's going to show me reacting to that first piece i'd be proud yeah, okay oh, i already see I'd be it proud. be proud of it Andy. i'm not saying it to be shameful i'm saying be no proud. i know no i know i know that's why i'm laughing we're gonna have a meme I love oh it. my god <laughs> i wish i had it you know what i mean all right thank you guys so much we're heading over to origin of thought and um i'm gonna hit the x button now so see y'all later all right cool thank you our mind whatever yeah. it is